<laughs> Welcome to another edition of the First Issue Club podcast. This week, we're covering New Agents of Atlas, number one on Marvel, and Excellence, number one on Image. Stick around. Well, if you've stuck around, welcome back to First Issue Club. Thanks for sticking through that intro music. We're glad to have you back. First Issue Club is proud to welcome you to the podcast extravaganza that is your comic book guide to the weird and wacky world of comic book reading. We, here at First Issue Club, read first issues only. We review them, we cover them, we take a journey with you each and every week, and we do it because we love you, we love comics, we love nerds, and we love ourselves enough to hear ourselves recorded through microphones in podcast each week. We're egomaniacs, and thanks for being part of our egomania. Yeah, that's actually the truest thing I think we've said on the podcast so far. I listen to every one of our episodes ten times. I, Minimum. Yeah, most of our listens come from us. Yeah. Um, and we're our harshest critics and our biggest fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's just part of the deep, deep, dark, twisted world that is the First Issue Club. It's sad. You forgot sad. And sad. If you listen to the First Issue Club, we don't often talk about this, you are considered a club member. If you ever see us in public, we have stickers. We'll give you stickers that make it official. You're a club member. You're part of something bigger than yourself. So um, at least you have that. Maybe you're down on your luck a little bit. Maybe you uh, got some bad news recently. But just know you're part of the club today, now, and forever. All right. We got a lot of weird and wacky news to cover in the comic book world before we get to our great books that we have this week. Or good books, or or you'll just see how the books are. Yeah, we'll find out. Um, first up, we have Royal Baby. Saint uh, shares the name of the beloved uh, comic book hero Archie. Do you have any thoughts? <laughs> if I had a kid and I got to name it after a comic book character, I don't think Archie would have been anywhere near the top of my list. That doesn't even sound like a royal name. No, not at all. I mean, it was definitely comic-inspired. I think they said that. I mean, I I would gladly follow a leader named King Jughead than <laughs> King Archie. He's already got the crown on. Yeah, yeah. just Archie just sounds like a, a weenie. The Archduke. King Conan, that would have been better. King Thor. Yeah, King <laughs> Spider-Man. King Nova. Any, any other comic book character would have been better than Archie. That's true, yeah. Archie is the... The whitest, just blandest. And, and Archie himself is bland. Bland nobody. Archie is just a canvas for the rest of uh, Riverdale to just wax poetic all over him. I guess. I mean, uh, did, has anyone even asked the royal couple if that's why they named him Archie? Were they just big fans of the comic book show or the CW show? They, they said it. They oh, said, they did? They said, yeah. They, when the baby came out, um, Prince, what's his name? Archie. No, the the prince. Prince Harry? Prince no, Har- is it Henry? 
Prince Harry. Harry. Prince Harry. Harry. He looked into the camera and he said, I want to be culturally relevant, so I'm picking Archie as this child's name. He didn't even look at the child before he right. He referenced the camera. Was it the same prince that wore like a Nazi uniform to a Halloween party? One and the same. He did that? Yeah. So we already know this prince, uh, <laughs> known to make good decisions. <laughs> Naming your kid Archie is one of them. Wow. All right, in other news, Marvel is doing a crazy thing where they are just announcing a bunch of mystery books by the creators. Yeah. We have uh, Jeff Lemire was on a book, Mark Wade was on a book. Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, Al Ewing. I mean, these are heavy hitters they're announcing, but no one knows what the fuck they're going to be writing. Yeah, explain to me the concept here, because I don't know that I know what the deal is. So there's a a blue cover with like stuff happening, and then in gold uh, font, mysterious font, they just list two creators' names, sometimes just one creator's name. And yeah, you're, you're supposed to fudge your pants. And, and I guess the blue background <laughs> is comic book covers through the ages. Okay. So um, people are speculating that this coincides with the 80th anniversary of Marvel. Uh, it coincides with maybe the Eternals or some other new big event that's going to be announced. Some people are joking around that um, uh, it's going to be an, another relaunch, <laughs> a complete deletion <laughs> of the... Which would be the fourth we've covered in the period of oh time. Oh, my God, yes. So um, please, Marvel, relaunch again, because yeah. it can't happen enough. Well, and we didn't even cover the biggest name that Marvel has announced on one of these books. Frank Miller? Nope. Try Mar- again. Mark Miller. Mm, one more time. Uh, and running, running, and running, oh. running, and running, running, and running, running. Of Black Eyed Pea fame, voodoo. No, <laughs> taboo. Oh, whoops! <laughs> How dare you mix up the <laughs> the Black Eyed Pea's name? Hey, you know what? Of the beloved I'm, taboo. I'm sorry that I forgot the man's name that wears the Raiden hat and a bolo tie from Black Eyed Peas. <sighs> He's the he's the forgettable. He's not Fergie, and he's not Will I Am. Is he, he the one that looks like Vega? I think isn't one named Apple? Is that no? That's the child. That's of, Gwyneth Paltrow's kid. Yeah, um, Taboo. <laughs> is, Easy to confuse. Is the is the most forgettable Black Eyed Peas? Well, much like the much like our podcast, if you listen to the Black Eyed Peas, you're in the Black Eyed Peas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we're kind of uh, we're the all same peas. In that. We're all yeah. peas in the pod. Yeah, in the Black Eyed Pea pod. Ooh yeah. Um. And so uh, I guess if you're just part of an affiliated POC group, Marvel might toss you a book. Does he have any credentials to his name as far as writing goes? No, I, I, I have no idea. I, I was just as confused as you were when I saw Taboo. Who I confused with Voodoo. Which, is, which he writes for <laughs> DC, so I mean. Um, but uh, My Chemical Romance, uh, that seemed to be uh, Gerard Way, a great book. Uh, investment by dc yeah i mean this could work out into their benefit but taboo of of all the washed up electric pop singers that there could be in the world i did not foresee taboo walking onto the stage at marvel yeah i liked when they were doing um uh, what's his name punk Eh. oh cm punk cm punk he was doing a couple of books for marvel or like annuals and stuff that was kind of fun yeah but uh, this one's a new one, and sure, I'm in. 
Oh, they had The Weeknd write a book, too. And that book flopped. What? Flopped like a motherfucker. Wasn't it called, like, Star Child or whatever? It was his character. Star Boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That book was Terry, and uh, this book will probably be bad as well. Just as Terry. <laughs> Unless, and, and, and uh, correct us if we're wrong, uh, club members, that uh, that Taboo might might have some credentials that we're just not aware <laughs> of. Um, but he has a, he has Grammys. That doesn't really equate to comic book writing, though. That's more awards than I have. I only have participation awards, which I guess that's kind of what his is. That's what this whole society fucking is. Yeah, everybody gets an award, you damn snowflake. (laughs) All right, and now that we've recorded for an hour, let's get this podcast started. Oh, fuck. It's 9.30. First up, we have new Agents of Atlas out on Marvel. This is a tie-in to the War of the Realms event, and the author and illustrator, the creative team on this book is Greg Pak and Gung Hook Lim. This is an interesting book because this is the first complete Asian uh, team in Marvel. Um... This is a hotly uh, anticipated book, um, bunch of new first appearances in this book, mm-hmm. and uh, a bunch of fun stuff happening. Here's a point that I loved in this comic book. Um, War of the Realms disaster strikes. Mm-hmm. They see it on the news. They say, all heroes, we got to go to New York. And then their leader goes, uh-uh-uh-uh-uh, we don't always just go to New York. There are other cities in the world that have bad things happening too, and we have to protect those cities. Right. I was like, what a great key moment for this comic book to just acknowledge that there's yeah. a world that exists so, beyond America. Like, he, amazing. I get it. They have a Bubba Gumps. <laughs> However, here's we an, have people here getting an, hurt. An interesting thing that I learned about through researching this comic book is that there are actually six other continents in the world that aren't our continent uh, that <laughs> also need protecting. And so that's a concept this comic book delves into. I just thought this big spinning marble that we call Earth was actually just called the United States of Earth. Well, this this comic book would prove you wrong. As a comic book coming out hot with a full-on Asian team, uh, how'd this work for you? I think it was just exciting to see all the new characters and then characters you know interacting Mm -hmm. anytime there's like first appearances i'm always just kind of jazzed to have something in my collection to see where it goes especially five of them yeah so when you turn the page and there's another new character and you're just like "Ooh, what are they all about like that's kind of exciting um i'll i'll take a hit for being a marvel stan here and say that if this were a DC comic and they threw maybe like five new characters at me, I'd probably be like, fuck you. <laughs> like all these like nobodies. How am I supposed to follow this? Money grab. But because I'm such a Marvel fan, I'm I was kind of gaga for it. Yeah. I really I really liked it. I always like when they do this kind of stuff, too. Like it's it's basically the Avengers just in a different country. Yeah. And you, we forget just like in this book addresses like 
it's not just in America where superheroes are. They're all over the world, yep. and all of them have different powers and different personalities, and they all work together, and it's just, yep. it's crazy. There were a couple traps with this, too, that I think they handled really well, mm-hmm. where, you know, you're doing a, a book that's a team of Asian heroes, but these countries are so massive and diversified, and you don't just want to lump all Asian people together, right? And just say, like, there's Asians and then there's other people. Mm-hmm. They did a really good job of giving them each distinct countries of origin. They have this great scene where they're uh, cutting up a pear and their leader is trying to teach a lesson. And he says, what kind of pear is this? And someone says, it's a Japanese pear. No, 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 I know this. This is a Korean pear. Mm-hmm. And they go around and try to take ownership of what kind of pear it is. Right. And... The their leader makes the point that like, no, it's just a pair, mm-hmm. and just like we're all just a team, but you know we've got uniqueness and differences, but we're coming together as one here. Marvel has continuously done a great job, or a pretty good job. They, like we say, they can always do better, but um, of being diverse. Yep. And you know when Miss Marvel came out, a Pakistani character. Um, great, really well written. And then America, American Chavez, is that her name? Mm-hmm. Um, is a, a Hispanic character. Um, and then now this this whole Asian team, I think that Marvel really treats these entities when they launch them as sacred and, and really tries to not be pedantic. And I think that although this was a book of just new, getting to know a new team, not a ton of storyline happens, it's a really fun entry point. Yeah, and from what I gather, it's mostly females in this group. There's mm-hmm. maybe one or two male characters, um, which is a nice breath of fresh air when it comes to team-ups. Um, but I wanted to know, so in this book, Braun, we kind of realize is a headstrong, kind of alpha, solo type person. those who person. don't know, that's Asian Hulk. Yes, he is like the younger version of uh, the Hulk. He, I, don't, I, don't, I honestly don't know how he got his fucking powers. I don't know if he was in a terrible accident or he just made a wish on the right star and he became some kind of Hulk. But anyway, he's flying, does something stupid, gets the main leader guy knocked out, and then they put Braun in charge. I wouldn't put that guy in charge. Well, I think they do it because he has kind of led before and tried to take over the world, and then they were like, your worst fear is coming true. You get to be leader. Like, yeah. as, like, a punishment dynamic. <laughs> yeah. Again, wouldn't put him in charge yeah. as, like, to teach a lesson. Has like, it, this isn't a parable. Yeah, that's I want to fucking live. Sometimes when I'm in a car accident, I don't take the time to teach whoever I'm in the car with a lesson. Right. It's like, no, it's like, it's, let's say you get in the car with your drunk friend. You're like, you know what? I'm going to teach you a lesson about responsibility. You get over here and you drive. <laughs> yes. Such exactly <laughs> the scenario. And it's that. just like, maybe don't put Braun in a position that he's not ready for. I know that's what we do with these superhero books and try yeah. to teach, like, you know, the underdog can come out on top. And it's just like, you know what? Sometimes in real life that doesn't fucking happen and the underdog stays the underdog and then dies the underdog. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, one thing that Budget King and I were talking about earlier that I think pays some uh, interest there is that this character needs to be dynamic in a certain way because not only is he the strongest member of the team being part Hulk, but he's also 
the eighth smartest person in the Marvel Universe. Wouldn't throw that out. So <laughs> so we got to show that he's got like like a complete lack of people skills, leadership skills, emotional management. Yeah. Otherwise, he's just like perfect man. By the way, are they testing themselves when they figure out who is what ranking for smartest person? These, a lot of these characters look cool. Wave looks cool. White Fox looks cool. Mike, can you tell us about this K-pop character that comes out? Oh, yes. Luna Snow. So Luna Snow is a K-pop star that was newly introduced to the Marvel Universe in one of their, like, battle champions iPhone games. Okay. So completely new. They've been, since making singles for this character, she has her own Twitter account. And, like, oh. music videos on YouTube. Can we get a quick taste of what the music sounds so, like? So, hey, of course we can. Yeah. When they, while you're pulling that up, when they introduce her in the comic book, it is such a cool scene because they do this, like, meta breaking the third wall a little bit with the audience. And people are like, who is that? And they're like, you don't know who Luna is? <laughs> She's a, a famous K-pop star. Yeah. <laughs> and it, like, totally works. Yeah. There's no BTS. Premiering on First Issue Club. <laughs> Luna Snow tonight. I don't know that we can say premiering. I mean, this kicks fucking ass. Yeah, I would say I could mow a lawn to this. I mean, if all my superheroes were pop stars, fuck yeah. Yeah, Dazzler. I actually kind of dig this. <laughs> and the fact that they went into this much backstory to create a Twitter and oh. m- music uh, music video. No, I know it. The, when I first started catching wind of this character, I couldn't believe how much world building they did just for her. And she's got super fans online already who are like really into her. Yeah. Talk about like the upgrades to the video game and like, oh, she's got this new like blah, Marvel, blah, blah Marvel suit. did it right with this. Yeah. That was awesome. So I'm really excited for this character. I think it's something that has an interesting backstory. K-pop is just a cultural phenomena that I've always been hyper-interested in. And now that they're bringing it into something else that I like, um, I'm intrigued to see where it goes. Mostly just because I think it's going to be super popular. Yeah. So well, it's fun to get a first appearance. I think this. they're going to invest a lot of money into this character and not going to kill her quickly because of, you know, all the history they put into right. it. Right. That's a yeah. good point. Like, you don't kill someone that has a music video. That's just... Yeah. The only, Common knowledge. The only strike I would say against this book is that it's in War of the Realms. What do you mean? Like, I, I think that for all the hype and all the newness of characters that we're getting, yeah. I kind of wish it wasn't an event book. I kind of thought the exact same thing. Like, it seemed like, is this just going to fizzle away when War of the Realms ends? Because it just seems like an event spinoff. Um, let me... Greg's shaking qu- his fingers now, by yeah. the way. Oh, wag of the oh, finger God. here. Let here me, we go. Let me, qu- let me quelm your fears. Or qualm your fear. What's qualm, that word? Qualm. Qualm. You are right. You nailed it. This is not just going to be a one-time thing. These characters are getting their own books after War of the Realms. Individual solo books. Yes. Oh. But the team might dispel? Um, I don't know for sure. They might keep going with Agents of Atlas and have a, a rotating cast. Okay. But I know uh, Luna Snow is getting her own book. Mm-hmm. There's a character that we haven't introduced to yet that has like a sword kind of thing. Swordsman? He, yeah, right. Swordsman. Moon, moon Swordsman. He's getting his own book. And a Wave. I think Wave's going to get her own book, too. Wow. Uh, Wave is uh, the first f- from the Philippines. The first superhero from the Philippines. Super cool. Yeah. 
So there's a lot of cool stuff happening with this book, and I don't think Marvel's just going to throw it aside when... The character design is so cool, and some of the depth of, like, history they have, like, made up already for the characters just makes it seem like they're investing some time into it. And by the way, if Marvel wants to be relevant in... 10 years, this is the shit they have to start doing now. Oh, yeah. fucking for sure. Right. If, well, if any publisher wants to be relevant, they have to, uh, you know, be popular with the younger audiences and well, what they're into. To that point, what do you think about this book and kid readership? Because it seems perfect to me that you would want part of the idea of why this is so great is that kids have superheroes that look like them. Mm-hmm. Is this something a kid would read? This comic book... Um, I think read a little bit younger. Yes. And like it was like very action packed, very much like I'm this person, I'm gonna say my name, which is I I sometimes we shit on that, but I think for this it was helpful. They did a couple of the you should read these books, but one thing I really liked is one of the references, we talk about this a lot, they'll pop up, they'll say something, and then Marvel will do this pop in like read Hulk 145 or whatever. They did this thing where it said, um, in- Invincible Hulk 145 through 147 question mark and it was kind of <laughs> like it's somewhere in there yeah. <laughs> um, yeah you know what we've been reading Marvel for like a year now we haven't seen any of those bubbles pop up so they've been pretty good with not having us uh, retrace our steps and figure out what they're referencing for that special item that pulls your living room together? Well, good news, folks. From the makers of Table comes Chair. It's like a smaller table you can sit on and put around your larger table so other people can sit on your small tables. Chair. It'll change the way you sit. Next up, we have Excellence, out on Image by Brandon Thomas and Kari Randolph. This team um, is a really interesting team in that Kari brought us, uh, was illustrator for Black and Tech Jacket, and uh, Brandon has done a ton of uh, interesting books, a lot of them on Image, um, but uh, this is now Excellence, which has been pretty anticipated as well. Yeah. You guys want me to set this one up? Unless you want to do it, Mikey D. Hey, I'll tell you what you need to know about this book, Magic. We're getting into some Harry Potter-style spinoff stuff. Um, And it's very involved in, like, family lineage, has a lot to do with familiar relationships. We find that you have a group of magicians who, for a very long time, have protected the Earth from the sidelines. They try not to be noticed by popular culture, and they're just seeing to it that the world is safe. We find a new character here who has a little bit of a hard time coming to terms and finding his magical prowess, but ultimately has to go to like this um, induction sort of ritual to where he can be officially admitted to the group. One thing to mention about this book is it, it's an all-black creative team and the Magic Echelon Order is all made up of black people. Um, Although this is not a sticking point in the book, whereas other books that we've read, um, that is a a narrative part in it, which is 
fun to read as well. This just kind of assumes that as the lore and then does what it will with actually a lot of other concepts. This is not as much about black wizards as it is a much as it is more about uh, family lineage, mm-hmm. um, what it means to be like a, a father um, in some ways, and and even just like societal, uh, a lot of um, gender norms and things like that. Yep. So a uh, super super dynamic, really ambitious book. Uh, with it being that ambitious, does it hit the intellectual notes for you as well as hitting the um, entertaining notes? For me, this was much more on the entertaining spectrum. And not that it's not intellectually stimulating at all because there's a lot of um, dynamics with relationships and hardships and things like that. But for me, it, it read like, a movie, fun, action story, a YA novel, potentially, um, and had some good action in it. But I don't feel like I stepped away from it learning anything. It was more like brain candy for me. Yeah, I'll agree with that. There was a lot of things that, you know, resonate with um, an audience that aren't, like, magical. Like, the relationship between the boy and his father and... How the father was disappointed that his magical abilities haven't uh, grown at the at the rate that they should. Um, the I have found a couple things confusing. One, the hierarchy of the wizards and how you uh, progressed in that kind of field was confusing. Secondly, I don't know what the fuck they do. Like the, the his trial was to make sure that these two people, particular people, fall in love. Are they Cupid? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't... So in Harry Potter, you basically make potions and do spells and be a wizard. This just seems like they're trying to keep the world in order by I, making people fall in love. I, I will agree with you that the rules of magic and what the magic capabilities or limits yeah. um, in excellence is is pretty unclear. Two, who's the villain? Like yeah, I, normally, you have like uh, I kinda a like protagonist. It. I, I kind of like that though. I think I think the vi- an antagonist. I think the villain is going to be the order of magic, and like, however that is kept, or like because there's there's the book. The book starts with these four rules, mm-hmm. the last of which women can never use magic. Yeah, right. the villain seemed to be free will, to Ooh. me anyway. Like it seems like things are predestined to occur, mm-hmm. and the magicians see to it that the like timeline stays in order. Which, I mean, it, it's, it's an intriguing concept, but it, do you think it's a little too abstract? And do they need to be wizards? Can't they just be, like, time <laughs> cops at that point? Like, I don't think I, I need a full-on Hogwarts scenario to be like, yeah. oh, so there's people out there amongst the shadows that make sure I take a left when I need to take a left. Yeah, I... I 100% hear what you're saying. Yes. And I think that um, Hogwarts and magic is fun. And, oh, absolutely. And this maybe this comic book falls into the trap that we find some of our I, series often do. I'm not, I'm not totally with you guys on the Hogwarts comparison. Like, I think the wand thing... And that you're born into magic. I, I Well, that, they, they, they've gone to school to hone yeah. their skills. And then they well, graduate into being, like, magicians. Yes, okay. 
Okay, that, all right, fine. <laughs> well, I mean, at least... Much in, like Hogwarts. <laughs> I mean, at least as far as, like, an origin story goes. Like, right, that's, right, And that's right, kind right. of, like, what we've been I guess, given to I, start. I guess the way that I saw it was a little bit more sci-fi um, in that, like, they are this, like, kind of invisible... Order. Uh, tissue that keeps, like, the balance of, like, protecting those who need to be protected. Um, and that... Yes, they are learning magic, but they're kind of just arriving to their knowledge of magic. Like, like because of their family order, mm-hmm. they know they're going to have magic, and so they're just, like, kind of just embracing it. So, m- I guess what my... Like a dojo. Qu- um, another, another question I have is, is the movie even going to be about... Oh, shit. Is the comic book even going to be about magic, or is it going to be about breaking down the order... And the rules and uh, my, really going into what free will. My, and My guess would be that magic is a catalyst to talk about all of those things. Okay. I, I'm i interested. I want to see a couple more issues, but really I wish get that, they were time cops. No, yeah, I get, the, I get the vibe, too, that there's going to be more to it, and it's going to go into other more intellectually stimulating directions, and there's going to be more to it than a magician school. But the first issue i feel like didn't go far beyond that which i don't have a problem with so i think kudos to this book for being intellectual but being entertaining at the same time right oh for sure and i think that i i really loved that i think the artwork is phenomenal oh it's incredible i absolutely loved it where i kind of dipped off on this was and and this has happened a lot to us is blowing the load in the um salutation notes the editors notes oh my god of just like how ambitious this is and how a coming of like team and and epicness this is that this and it's like just let the fucking comic be what it needs to be absolutely like i didn't it, if had i been sans that i there was points in this comic book halfway through where i was like i am fucking in like mm-hmm. i like this a lot i'm way digging this but then to just kind of i don't need that and and that's my thing i bring that up a lot I'll keep on bringing that up a lot. Yeah. I, I image I must ask their creators to do that. And here's the thing, image you don't need I, to. I would maybe pull away from from that because that is just, that is the definition of patronizing. Don't tell me why I should love your book. Just let me love your book. <laughs> yeah, it it it's 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 almost like trying to make it sell. Like it's like we you know you know you're holding the next saga, don't you? It's like you know the TV show Next. On MTV, <laughs> where they give you those three blurbs about someone before they go on their date, like, invented like pop, pop invented the hot dog, eats ice cream through their nose. Okay. <laughs> Not familiar, but I now understand the concept. It's like, that's what the back of the book was doing, just like, here's here's some points of why you're going to fucking love this book and every other book that we print from this. I get why they have to do it, because the number two is going to be the real marker of if this book continues, but it's just... Not not a great marketing tactic. Yeah. It it's uh, you're definitely talking down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But cut other that, than that, <laughs> cut, cut that out and the magic story and the world they created. Caitlin's got this got some maps which Caitlin would have really liked, mm-hmm. and the artwork is is phenomenal. And having an all black order is right up my alley of something interesting that I want to read in a comic book. So uh, I am not not sold on this. I think I'm gonna definitely see where it goes, and, and yeah, it could go somewhere. Interesting. But you're, you, so you're thinking it's more sci-fi, where I thought it was more fantasy. 
Yeah, and this author, I think, kind of seems to be a little bit more in the sci-fi realm. Just just so you know, this is actually modern fantasy is what it would, would be called. Oh, it's not high fantasy? <laughs> no. I'm just, I think what, th- this book succeeded in making me want to get the next couple of issues. Mm-hmm. Just to figure out what the fuck is going on. <laughs> And like I didn't, I didn't hate this book. It's just still really murky. It it ha- did it not have a little bit of like samurai uh, ness to it, to you, to like like training and like mastering of a craft. Uh, right, M- much like Hogwarts. Well, okay, so maybe in in, in, in they, therein, so maybe Hogwarts is a samurai movie. You ever think about that? It kind of is. These these rooms are like dojos where they learn to like <laughs> master their wands, which are their swords and their motions. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that Harry Potter was next samurai movie. <laughs> it's more like Karate Kid, but yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever. Fine. Is everything fucking magic to you guys? Just Harry Potter. No, but this I'm not trying to make a pull here that everything magic is Harry Potter, but pop quiz, when do they realize their magic? Average age. 5 and a half. Point 0.5. Yes. Oh my fucking lord. When did this kid discover his? Late. He's a late bloomer <laughs> like me. That's why I relate to him. <laughs> he was late. But oh. he hones anger. Yeah, so is he going to be like super powerful? He's going to be like the Hulk. He's going to be the chosen one. Hey, what does that remind you of? Um, going to a magic school and oh. kind of not being like, kind of being like the weird, out of touch, like oh, orphan Is that like one. Seven Samurai? And then, no, and then no. being like okay. the most powerful Highlander? one with like is a higher Highlander? purpose. Kind of. Really, really close to uh, that. They talked look. about like lasting scars from the, from like the trials that you get oh, to prove King, that. King Arthur? Like, right, exactly. Um, like you go through a lot of trials as a rite like of passage. Mm-hmm. Like um, huh. Wanted, that movie with Angelina Jolie, is that you were talking about? Uh, I've actually never seen that. Great movie. I'm still not. So I, I haven't gotten the movie you guys are referencing. Are it's Harry Potter. Oh, Lightning Boy. Yep. And I I don't want to heart. This isn't a Harry Potter ripoff. I'm not saying it's a Harry Potter ripoff. No, it's just how about this? It's an easy way to explain the book to people who haven't read it. There which it is. is. Half of what this podcast is, my dear boy. I'll give oh, you that. there it is. I'll give you nice that. reference. That was good. What's a, what's a my dear boy reference? From Harry Potter. No, it's not. Yeah. Yes, it is. Does the Sorting Hat say that? No, but mm. uh, Dumbledore does. <laughs> it's a blizzard, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> You're a blizzard, Dairy Queen. <laughs> One of the best lines you've ever come up with. Yep, that's a callback. All right. Uh, what a magical week. What a magical filled week. There were some other great comics that came out. There were. Number ones. Yep. Uh, Batman and the Outsiders, Eve Strange, a fucking badass, uh, Betty and Veronica and Vampirella and uh, Red Sajonia. <laughs> so if you are a comic book collector, you just take that hand, you t- tilt it towards your back, and you pat yourself on the back because you got yourself a good old week. Yep. Oh, and R.I.P. Murder Falcon. Last issue came out. Oh, did it? Yeah. They finished the metal. Uh... Mm-hmm. Okay. That was a good fucking series, from start to finish. That's let. La- it's ending, so that's what I'm gonna end with. Pick up Murder Falcon. Hot tip.
Hey gang, Superman here, and I'd like to talk to you about something that may put you on edge. Whether it's taking on the Legion of Doom or being freaky in the bedroom, it's always good to have protection. That's why I'm pairing with Trojan Condoms to bring you the most satisfying and pleasurable experience you can have with your lover. Trojan Condoms. Aim for the wet spot. This has been another episode of First Issue Club. We are a proud member of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. Our music is provided by Primary Color Music. We are recorded in KCUR Studios. You can find us, rate us, friend, and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, and your favorite listening platforms at First Issue Club, F-I-R-S-T. Have you ever wondered what horse meat tastes like? Well, does Taco Bell have a surprise for you? For the last 35 years, that's all you've been eating. Grade A horse meat. Chalupas, tacos, burritos, guess what? All horse. So come on down to Taco Bell and have yourself a horse. Oh, (laughs)